Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Norman Neal, CEO of the Spirits Agency, Flash. Each week, I bring on a different business leader who's doing game-changing work. And this week's episode is no different. I'm so excited to have Christina Donaldson, who is the owner and CEO of Thank God It's Natural Haircare Products. We have a great conversation about how she's built this phenomenal business and much, much more. Take a listen. Hey, Christina. Hi, Laura. How are you? Oh, you know, quarantine. Are <laughs> we all sheltered in place, hoping this April 30th deadline doesn't get pushed out to June? But I think yeah, that probably will. So I, think about, I think it probably will. <laughs> Trying to be helpful, but you know. <laughs> you know, small steps. Small steps. All about the small steps. Uh, so, as of every single episode, I always ask the same question, and I'm always fascinated by the answers. So, Christia, what was your first job? Oh my gosh, my first job was working as a receptionist in a nonprofit organization. I always had kind of like these administrative jobs when I was in high school, but yeah, that was my first one. So small. Also, my first job. <laughs> I worked at a nonprofit in high school as a receptionist. <laughs> How small of a world is that? That's hilarious. That's um. That is red. Uh, okay, so I think I'm at 94 episodes of this show. That's the first time anyone has ever had the same wow. job as me. When you me, I was like wow, this isn't the most interesting story. People are usually like, oh my gosh, I was like, I worked at McDonald's or I worked at Dairy Queen. I worked at the water park as a lifeguard. Yeah, receptionist at the nonprofit. I think we're following the boring pile. You know, but look look where we ended up. So it, it taught us a lot. Sure did. Um, so uh, after the land of, of being a fantastic receptionist, I'm sure you were, how did you get to have this conversation with me? What's been that journey? Oh my God. So as you mentioned, I'm the owner of CEO, thank God it's natural, a natural products company. And literally from high school to college, I think I've always loved beauty, especially hair. I haven't really been a huge makeup girl because I grew up in the nineties and it wasn't <laughs> different color palettes and 200 different shades. I'm a very simple, natural beauty, if you will. And I've always loved hair. But by the time I got to law school, I had been perming my hair or chemically relaxing it for most of my adult life, probably since the age of five. And I just started to feel that something was really odd about that, about my reasons behind doing it, as well as the impact that it had on my hair. And I wanted mm -hmm. to address that issue. Um, but I didn't think I was going to address it on a mass scale. I just wanted to address it for me personally. And when I started my first law firm job, I was faced with this decision of, can I wear my kinks and curls, which I did not know what I was doing with, to the corporate America, or do I have to continue to relax my hair? And the middle ground was I would wear a wig until I could actually find out how to do my hair and find products for them. And that took me on a a long journey with me writing a book, which went on to be a bestseller, that um, took me across the country and around the world, but creating this grassroots following around women who wanted 
you know, to love their curls and be confident in them. And as a result of that experience, I essentially launched a line of products called Thank God It's Natural back on the internet in 2013 before like Instagram and all of this other stuff. And they took off. And we eventually ended up in retail. And now today we're in over 10,000 stores, which brings me to the podcast. So, you know, just 10,000 stores, you know, <laughs> kicking with, just, you know, just chilling with 10,000 stores. And, you know, then there's that thing. It's all good. <laughs> um, that's a phenomenal but Of course, trust a black woman to do this. Like, um, so what was it like to sort of start that beauty company? Like, did you dive in with every ounce of your savings? Did you try and like, you know, get lots of loans? Like, what was that? What was that for you? Oh my God. So I put some, um, took my, some of my savings, not all of it. And I was actually fairly conservative. And so when we launched a hair regimen, you know, a hair regimen, like a skincare regimen, generally consists of like five products, if you will. But I couldn't dive in and invest in all five products being made by a chemist. So I picked the two that I thought black women would use the most, which were the stylers and the other three, like shampoo, conditioner and deep conditioner. I was like, I can make these because they were selling bases and recipes on the Internet. And that's what I did. And when I saw that the stylers took off, I started funneling money into those other products so that the chemist could start working on those as well. But I played it safe coming out the gate, but it actually, you know, it paid off type of thing. Because like I said, I could have put all my money into research and development up front, but there were no guarantees. So I wanted a little bit of proof that this mm-hmm. was going to work. And what made you think that this would work? Because, you know, you know, every year you hear thousands of people want to become entrepreneurs and they're really just entrepreneurs. What was the thing that made you go, yep, I can make this happen? Uh, I think for me, it was, there was a like gap in the marketplace. I feel like people were selling products. Um, there were a handful of people who were like extremely successful and made it to retail, but one things weren't commercially available and the things that were commercially available in retail, I felt like they were preying on people's insecurities, meaning like I can turn your four B, you know, dry curls into three A like waves. And I wanted something for me and for women who had hair like me, where it was more of an honest conversation about what the products could deliver on. And so that's why I thought there was a market and a need for what I was doing. Because it was, it's absolutely necessary. So you, know, you were one of the innovators in the kind of natural hair revolution that's now kind of everywhere with you know, lots of different brands to choose from. How have you been able to navigate this as you know, more and more black women are like, actually, you know what? I'm going to go to Astro. That's it. Uh, I think what we've been able to do is just kind of tap into community with a lot of social listening, if you will, and just making sure that we're very aligned with our customers um, in terms of the direction they see themselves headed. Because right now, what it means to be natural to a Generation Xer, which is someone like me, who's like, you know, in their early 40s or late 30s, is totally different than what it means to someone in their mid-20s. And so we just have to realize that our audience is getting bigger and to evolve with it. And as you've evolved, what have you seen change the most that's probably been the most surprising for you? Um, I think the thing that surprised us most is that 
I think these younger girls and their level of versatility and them growing up in a situation where they grew up where natural was normal versus the older generation where natural was not something that was commonly accepted. And so I think what surprises me is one, younger women's versatility and their openness to change, if you will. So that they get it a little bit more and they're like, all right, if it's, I want to do these kind of kinky curls or whatever, I'm, I'm good. It's less of a big deal to them. As opposed to, yeah, I think, you know, it, we're kind of in a similar age cohort. And I think it's, yeah, for, I mean, for me, like I've never gone natural and, okay. and I doubt I will. It's just never been a thing for me, but and I think that's just a, I also started perming my hair late when I was like oh, 17, I think, is when I got my first perm. Okay. Um, and so I just, I, I, I fully admit, can't do my hair. I will happily pay someone. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like I wear weaves proudly. I perm my hair proudly. And, you know, oftentimes I tell my friends, well, Laura, why don't you natural clothes? I just don't want to. <laughs> Leave me alone. And it's fair. And I think now there's more of an openness to do you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel there was a time where we went through a situation where, you know, everyone had to go natural, whether you wanted to or not. And now people right. are more like, okay, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. Sometimes it comes down to the quality of the products. And people are like, look, I'm going to relax, but I'm going to use products, you know, with great ingredients that are a little right. bit for my body type of thing yeah i think it's i think the, the the plethora of products that are now available that you can sort of manage it or the fact that you can you know have styling on demand or you can go to like a blow um or use a trust noir and like you can get you, you can get uh, the products that you need and the services that you need and i think you know especially with black women in our hair, there's so much wrapped into that that I could write five different dissertations about it <laughs> tomorrow um, because it's our crown and how we right. and how it affects us. Um, and so it's, it's fascinating to see how that, that whole conversation has now exploded in a lot of different directions. And so uh, I, I think it just be more and more conversations and more openness to change and you know, do whatever you want. Exactly. Exactly. Especially, I think, like I said, when you have a younger and younger generation who didn't grow up with the same, you know, images of beauty that we grew up with. Exactly. You know, there's a joke right going on right now that, like, because everyone's home, <laughs> the hair situation for black women is going to be crazy. Like, coming out of this, people are going to be like, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it's funny because there are some women, I don't know if I'm one of them, who are trying to keep up a nice home maintenance program. I'm not saying I've thrown in the towel, but I'm like, I, you know, I'm one of those girls. I have no place to go. But there are some people who are like, I'm not giving up just yet. Bless you. I'm, I'm halfway there. I'm like, eh, obviously I'll comb my hair. But for me, I have the worst timing in the world because I literally – didn't have a weave for a year and then got one four weeks ago <laughs> for the first, but I didn't do a full head. So I was like, oh, I'll just think, you know, get a couple of traction because I'm doing presentation. And so basically half my hair is weave. The rest of it is my hair that I permed. So and about a week. Okay, what's going on? 
So in about a week or two, it's not going to be cute. And these Zoom calls are going to require Laura to like, you know, not have video. No, and that Laura, the thing about the Zoom calls, they're getting hilarious because some calls I wake up, you know, because in some days I feel we're more available now. So we're on these calls back to back to back. Uh-huh. Morning with a retail partner, uh, you know, a large retail partner. And I came on, I was like, Two minutes before the call, I said, I want a baseball cap and a tank top. Like, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I need to have my makeup on. Right. Like, it's like this work-from-home standard. I think we're all trapped in, like, some weird matrix, if you will. Oh, it's a hot, hot mess. It's like, you know, I was on a call last night, and there were 29 women on it, and half the women had done their makeup and hair, and the other half hadn't. I, because I knew I was presenting, had done my makeup and hair, but I was also like, I'm also like sitting on my bed. (laughs) Right, and the thing about it is, because this is such a weird time, the rules for engagement are so, do I do my makeup and hair? Do I get, you get what I'm saying? Like, I think we've been thrust into the, this is our everyday work day versus uh, I have a meeting on, you know, April 15th and it's going to be video conference versus people thinking like, this is just my everyday, like work from home thing. So it's weird. I don't think people know. We're making it up as we go along. We're literally making it up as we go along. And so you just have to figure out a way to survive it all and also give yourself a break because I think we get a little bit too, we're getting a little too overscheduled with this stuff because we're all home. So everyone comes, oh, well, you're home. So I can call you at 10 o'clock. No, you can't. Exactly. <laughs> and so boundaries need to be accepted. Like it's still, this is a nine to six, nine to seven situation, y'all. Uh, so it's definitely a, a, a changing landscape and, and totally unpredictable. And so this is a funky segue, but whatever. But you wrote a really incredible book about, you know, this is not a test about being a breast cancer survivor. And I would, you know, would love if you could share a little bit about prompted you to write the book um, and what the lessons you learned along the way as you did. Awesome. So essentially the book is not just about cancer talks about a lot of themes like beyond cancer, like, you know, how I started my business and got it in target, my relationship with my family and friends, you know, as an entrepreneur on a startup journey, you know, forgiveness, finding love, all of that stuff. So there's a lot that goes on, but like cancer is like a critical point in my life where things like fell apart and really impacted me in a significant way. And the reason I wrote the book, I never thought it would be for other people. It was more a reminder to myself of how like something so challenging could yield so much fruit and how God's hand on my life was like so significant during this time. I tell people during the time where I was sick, I didn't work. Um, I had a day job at Oracle that I went on leave for. And as the header of the company, I took a reduced work schedule down to like 30%. And during that time, our sales doubled and our store count quadrupled, meaning like we were only in Target. But when I found out I had breast cancer and was undergoing treatment, we got into Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Sally Beauty, and Whole Foods. And so the key things I learned from writing the book was just like, like things like just looking back on my life and how as a black woman in particular, I was under so much stress and I didn't know it. I know mm-hmm. a lot of just as black women think we're strong and we get it done. But I think sometimes we ignore major signs 
you know, about things in our body or how we're feeling or when we're overwhelmed or overworked, we just think that's normal and it's mm-hmm. not. And so, yeah, I think I really started to appreciate after writing that book, how stressful my life was and how much I needed to change. Yeah, I think that's a huge part about this. That like we put, we carry a mountain on our back and then you're like, oh, look, you want another mountain? Turn on my back too. They're not realizing that, you know, we don't, we can't be these indestructible, super strong figures and expect to live a long and happy life. Exactly. Uh, um, Life expectancy is three years shorter than um, the general population. And they don't have like, you know, specifics around it as it being, you know, related to biological, but there's definitely a greater stress that comes with being a woman of color in America and especially a black woman. Oh, good Lord. Yes. And, and when you were going, and how old were you when you were going through your cancer journey? I was 36. So, that was so, like you, five months. so you were just, you were still relatively young and going through breast cancer. And, you know, what was that like for you? What, you know, kind of working, you know, working, starting a business, navigating your friends and relationships. Cause I think, you know, a lot of women, especially black women, you know, unfortunately I've had a number of friends who have gone through cancer treatments in that kind of age bracket and it's always you know just hard for you know when your friends and family to be like how do I how can I help Uh, well I think listening to that person's boundaries like I know we all want to help in different ways but the key thing is respecting the person's boundaries that's undergoing treatment so if they say they don't want you to come over they don't want you to come over they're not being shy maybe they're sick Maybe they're being sensitive. Maybe they're having a bad day. But if, you know, they're like, you know, keep your distance and do the text message thing, then respect and honor that. I think another thing is just to like ask them what they need. And just like I say, it's like they say, I said what I said. Like, Like, really listen to what they say they want and need versus what you think they need and they're not telling you. Because you can always say, if you change your mind, I'm here. Or if you change your mind, I can do X. You know what I'm saying? If you change your mind, I can come over. If you change your mind, I can go to the grocery store and pick up some stuff. If you change your mind, I can drop off dinner. Yeah, give them the yeah, give them their grace and their dignity around this. I think is is, is sounds like what uh, fantastic your advice you're giving us. So thank you. Um, uh, and. Once you once you kind of knew that you were you were getting through that, did you ever have a moment of like, okay, so I've got this business, it's growing. May, I've just gone through this sort of life changing thing. Maybe I should be doing something different, or did it really reaffirm that you were on the right path? I think it reaffirmed I was on the right path, and it's almost too scary how path this feels like dictated by God. Like when they say you've been marked since birth. When you start a company with God's name in it, thank God it's natural. And, you know, start working on this since 2006. You're a crazy black girl from Detroit. And you're like, I'm going to be a household name one day. And you look back on that, on that girl, 20, whatever, who was like 25 and said that. And you look around at what you've accomplished, not just, you know, what you've accomplished, but what you couldn't have accomplished in your own strength. And it's pretty miraculous. You're like, I'm smart. But I ain't this smart. <laughs> but I don't work this hard. You get what I'm saying? There's a point yeah. in your life where you look around and say, from where I was to where we got to today, 
it had it couldn't have just been me like it had to be something bigger than me that had a hand in this because it's just like there's no way I could have done it in my own strength that's a testimony right there uh, what made you come up with the name of calling the thank God is natural I think when I was working on the book and writing it it was just like an obvious like thank God I'm natural like because I start off talking about that whole like wig debacle and <laughs> I am for uh you know for corporate America or to appease all these people by what was considered beautiful by then back then but when I finally came into the belief that I'm okay with just who I am just how I am I was like oh thank god I'm natural and so it became an obvious title and then same thing with thank god it's natural for the hair care products and so now at 10,000 retailers, what's going to be next for you? Because we're also in this kind of really wild and wacky period right now for, for all of us. No, that's fair. So it's funny, to be honest, what I'm doing next in the short term is clearly getting through Corona. It's been a very interesting time for us as a business. It's forced us to be lean but I, and to think quickly and to be nimble. But I think it's come with so many learnings. But what I want to do during this next period, to be honest, uh, is focused on um, skincare as well as the launch of our new line and just continuing to build community. Our customers are so important to us. And as our brand has grown, we realize for them, it's not just shampoo and conditioner. It's really connection and really community and them believing in what we stand for even beyond hair. What we stand for when it comes to like, you know, self-care and taking care of yourself and being the best version of yourself on the inside and out. So we just want to really continue to push that message. And like I said, I will be working on skincare during Corona quarantine. That's my plan. I'm coming. Your what are you working on over the next shutdown or shut in period? Shut in? Oh Lord. Well, let's see. Well, you know, my day job is I'm the CEO of an experience agency. So half my business is events which are not happening right now so okay. we we sort of pivoted to focus more on the marketing and strategy stuff that we we do but we never really actually radically publicize it kind of one of those things that sort of always sort of fell in our lap and so going back to my you know marketing roots uh and helping brands figure out how to be smart nimble but most importantly human in this conversation because i think i'm sure you've probably seen 11 million emails telling me from brands how you know they're concerned or they're with you right. and and it's 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 overwhelming and it's also kind of purpose washing and so what we're focusing it on is actually something that i call the hair theory which is um humanity authenticity inclusivity and respect uh, and that if you're a brand, that's where you have to look at how you talk to your customers today, whether that's online or offline. And when you do that, you'll get that back because no one wants to hear too much from a brand. They want to understand their brand is getting, understands where they're coming from and can meet them where they are as opposed to trying to push them to do something they don't want to do. Right. So, um, so it's, you know, we're like on what? week one of that after like you know sort of saying all right we'll just you know figure this stuff out and postpone what we can postpone and whatever's canceled it's canceled you know it, it is what it is and again also you know being a black woman you know this we're built to be resilient so i'm like all, all right, right. Well, 
we'll, we'll figure this out. Like, I'm not crying in the corner. Right. Um, think about it is last week was a little crazy. Last week I was like, oh my God, what's going on? But this week feels a little bit better with the stimulus package, at least for us here at TGIN. And some of the like, just a little, it just feels a little bit more. Last week just felt crazy. And I had to stop watching the news for a bit. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to the like, every day it was like pins and needles. And now I'm just like, let me just view this as an opportunity. We're working from home. Everybody's facing some challenges and cutbacks. And like you said, we're resilient. We're going to beat this. We're going to beat this. So speaking of being resilient, what would you tell 25-year-old Christia? Oh, my God. The 25-year-old Christia. I would say, girl, it ain't that serious. <laughs> I think I was like on this like treadmill in this race against who I don't know, whether it was marriage wasn't something I was racing to do, but like there comes a point in every woman's life where she's like, okay, come on. When is this going to happen? But the point is I would have told her it ain't that serious and that everything is happening for a reason because there were times people that I wanted in my life from a love perspective. Here I am so grateful that they exited or that you know <laughs> they disappear or what have you. Same thing for the business. I just feel there are things that have happened to us. Timing has been critical. Everything, timing was critical. And like I said, it wasn't that serious. Everything's going to happen when, it, when and how it's supposed to. That's the key. And I think we, you know, I often, the reason, part of the reason I always ask this question is because I want, you know, my guests to realize, look how freaking far you've come. Because, you know, we're always sort of looking forward, but it's always really important to look back and see where you were and look where you are right in this very moment and look at the shine that you got and give yourself the appropriate pat on the back or like, yes, girl, um, because we've, you've, you've overcome just so much and, and it shows how strong and incredible you can, you can be. Because uh, we're always busy doing the work. We oftentimes don't have that chance to sort of like, yeah, I'm pretty damn far. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes you got to look back and say, wow, you know, I took the right, you know, things played took out. Took the risk. They were supposed to. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's a really awesome part about, you know, you know, I find it is part of my joy of doing this show. So, okay. So you're locked indoors. What in the world are you doing for your, your self care? Oh my gosh. So for self care, I've been doing a lot of cooking. <laughs> I'm like tired of eating my own food. Same. So we, oh my God, girl. We like, we like do a potluck where someone Ubers me what they're cooking and I Uber them what they I'm cooking. But like, I looked up um, recipes today for vegan and keto, trying to do more of that. And sometimes when things are normal, I don't have the time to explore it. So cooking, organizing, like kind of purging kind of thing. And I took a bubble bath last night. What are you doing for your self-care? <laughs> a bubble bath? Well, yeah. I haven't thought about that. I wonder if I have any. Well, maybe I could turn it into a bubble bath. I'll look. Uh, for me, I am watching a lot of trashy television, which oh, means that, which means I watched Tiger King over the weekend, which is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's incredible. You must watch it. If you oh, want to see oh, wild, wild white people, <laughs> <laughs> there is not a black person to be found in seven hours of program and it's glorious. It's glorious. 
Okay. Because <laughs> like, it's, it's definitely the example of my name is Bennett and I am not in it. Because <laughs> like, you're just like, what? Um, so that's crazy. It is crazy. I, 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 it literally, you know, there's drug use, there's murder, there's a gay thruple, there's a one-armed lesbian, although I think she's trans man. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, like, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. But, like, it is, it is one of those things, like, the Evil Geniuses Netflix literally had a, a documentary that actually was perfect for this very bizarre time that we're all in. Uh, so that's been great to watch. I watched a bunch of the Fast and the Furious movies, which okay. I, I hadn't, I, I only caught occasionally on planes, um, cooking a lot. And just sort of reconnecting with a lot of old friends and picking up the phone, which has been yeah. interesting. Cause like, you know, we've been texting forever, but like pick up the phone and be like, hey girl, what's up? Um, it does feel good. It does, like those things do, that those kind of connections are, are really key right now. Cause I think, you know, some I, I saw a meme that said like mother nature knew we needed a break yes uh and so i even feel like are you sleeping better like all of that i feel like i'm getting like good sleep but like, I, I, I don't i don't I, weirdly i haven't had a ton of anxiety um i just been like well this is weird okay <laughs> like, um but again we're we're only kind of in week three let's see where we're all how batnit crazy we all are at um, the end of April. And again, as long as my hair still looks cute. So okay. I think that's the thing. So as long as my hair still we That's the worst when your hair looks cute and no one's seeing it. So you need to be on IG Live and all these video conferences while the hair is still loose. <laughs> yeah, scheduling all the meetings now because before the new growth starts to come in and like start separating my tracks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and... So I, I, one other thing we're adding to the show is a give or an ask. So if there's anything you'd like to sort of give or, uh, or ask of the audience, now's the time to shoot your shot. I'll say give. I want women who are listening to this to listen to their bodies and to slow down and to remember everything is happening in the right timing. Don't put that type of pressure on yourself. And the ask is... Ladies and gents, if you're listening, feel free to check out my new book. This is only a test. What Breast Cancer Taught Us About Faith, Love, Hair, and Business. It's available now on Amazon, on Kindle, and in hardcover and paperback. Phenomenal. Great plug right there. <laughs> uh, we'll put all the information about um, getting your book and getting all fabulous hair care products uh, in our show notes. And uh, Christina, it's such a lovely delight to talk to you today. Talking to you as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, yeah, you've got awesomeness for days. So I really, really appreciate it. And uh, that is our show.